Welcome to episode two, season two of the Lulu Logic Podcast. We are back with another great guest. Man, this dude, I watched him play in college. Then he comes, he, he becomes one of my teammates. And just to sit down with him and learn more about uh, growing up and how he's competed at some of the highest levels in different sports that led him to where he is today. Some of the mistakes he felt like he made and some of the things that he did really well. I'm always glad to sit down and have these conversations because for me, it's a learning experience. Not only do I get to learn more about these athletes and these people, but I get to take a little bit with me that helps me on my journey as well. And I hope you can do the same. Without further ado, this is the Lulu Logic Podcast. Today's guest is from Westerville, Ohio, and went to the University of Michigan State as a wide receiver. He finished his college career as the all-time leader in receptions, yards, and second in TDs in school history. He was a second, he's a second team, all Big Ten, and won a Big Ten tw- championship. Was drafted by the Miami Dolphins in the sixth round of the 2012 draft. Spent three years with the Eagles before coming to the CFL and the Montreal Alouettes for the past five seasons. Can you believe it's been that long? That's crazy. That's crazy. Welcome to the show, BJ Cunningham. What up, brother? My dog, what's up with you, man? Man, I'm smooth and, uh, you know, it's crazy. I was talking to somebody the other day and I was like, oh, I was talking to Suddy. When Suddy retired, I called him and, you know, congratulated him on his retirement. And he was just asking me, I said, man, can you believe it's been six years since, you know, when I first got to Montreal? Like, that's crazy. And that was your first year in the CFL. Crazy, bro. I remember I remember when I got there, I was like, I was like, bro. Because I, I ain't going to lie. I looked, I looked up who y'all were. I knew who y'all was when I got there. You, SJ, Fred. So I was like, man, I was in the locker room with some legends. And my first year, I was that was a blessing for me. You feel me? But, uh, but nah, man, it was – it was a, a different transition. I'm glad I had y'all to help me with the transition, bro, because it was definitely different for me. And, uh, now, like I said, I'm blessed to be here, man. I was blessed, blessed to learn from y'all, boy. That shit was crazy. Yeah, yeah. What you been doing to stay busy during COVID, man? How's that been? Man, you know, I've been, you know, of course, I'm staying in shape, man. That's 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 number one. But, um, man, I've been reading a lot. Um, I picked up The Alchemist, man. Uh, you know, it was, it was it was recommended to me, so I picked it up and read it, reading it. Um, I've also been training kids in the area, in the Montreal area, with my boy uh, Scotty Matt, Scotty McDonald. He played with us in Montreal. He got his little thing. I seen. I was like, yeah, I seen him on Instagram. I was like, yeah, let me let me figure out how I can help with y'all and the kids. So I just linked up with him, and we linked up with some other guys in the city, bro. And it was it was on from there. What's the best part about training the kids for you? Man, seeing them develop, man, seeing them get better, uh, taking what I taught them and them translating it to the drill or to the route or on the field when they send me clips of them. Um, that's what I like to see, them growing. And and it's it's that's that's my satisfaction of it, you know, seeing seeing the kids yeah. get better and you know how it is, just seeing them do their thing, bro. It's it's amazing to see. It's and it's also good that you know, I, lo- I know a lot of Canadian kids, so many Americans go back and forth, right? Yeah. Uh, for me, for the large part of my career, um, 
once I got my house built in Texas, I was going back within two weeks of after the season. So to be able to get that training, the good training, to be able to get some good work out on the field and to work with some pros is always a good thing. Um, how long you been staying in Montreal for? Man, as far as what, like off season or yeah, like off seasons and everything. I know you go back and forth sometimes to Florida and, and things, but how long you yeah, been? So have you been just COVID or what's the process? Yeah, it was really mainly COVID, and then it just extended, and you know I wasn't really in a rush. I found a good situation up here with my guy. He uh has a whole gym and turf and everything, so you know I've been getting right with him. Um, but now nah, I used to do the same thing, bro. I used to, when I first got up here, I was going straight back to Florida, getting right, coming back up, straight back to Florida, coming, you know what I'm saying? But, um, yeah, this past, and then I feel like, you know how you, you say everything happened for a reason, man. It gave me a chance to, like I said, I've been here for a while in Montreal. I wanted to at least, you know, when I do leave, leave something, you know what I'm saying? And this yeah. is probably, this is, this would be it, you know what I'm saying? And get, get some kids to, you know, grow up and want to, you know, cause in Canada, it's like, yeah, they watch the CFL, they, they watch the NFL, but it's like, shoot, I can get to the CFL. Like, I can do this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, And that's what I'm trying to hone into. I'm like, bro, you can, you can get to the NFL. Like, you can do that too. Like, but, you know, I'm just trying to hone that in. Like, it's, it's realistic, man. Like, you know, I was always taught, like, you know, but what do you really want to do? What do you really want to do, like, growing up? I used to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah okay, I'll be, I'll be a firefighter or something. But in the back of my head, I knew. <laughs> <laughs> in the back of my head, I knew, like, nah, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm going to the league. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I see that in kids. I see the drive, and I just, I just want to help, you know, help them get on the yeah. map and get the driving, bro. Yeah, and it's, you know, we'll talk about your process through your journey of uh, growing up in high school, college, and pros, and that whole section. But, you know, just the journey of it. You know, I always look at the journey, and I and even I go through mine, it's like how many, you know, things that needed to happen need to fall in place for that situation to, to happen. But also just a mindset around it, you know, people – don't realize that pro football really isn't about the talent. You know, the talent doesn't really separate you that much. You know, you get a guy like LeBron and yeah, you can see that, but then now he's putting $4 million a year into his body. So he's able to stay fresh and, and do it for longer. But for most people, it's not about the talent, right? It's just about being able to process and, and do consistently mm -hmm. over and over and over and over and over. Right. So, yeah. um, to, to give that information to the to the younger generation to help them miss some roadblocks that you might have hit um, is just invaluable to them and and their growth. Do you do they speak English? Do you speak French? Um, how's the French coming along? <laughs> Man, my you know I'm I'm still on the on the polite phase. I can be polite, but uh, I try to talk slow. We <laughs> 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 <Oui, oui. laughs> <laughs> but uh but nah man yeah I, I try and talk slow so they understand me but most of them they speak english and you know they 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 they're doing real good so they understand me well and i've never seen like like as a kid growing up like because yeah, i'm in i'm in communication with parents of course but like kids are hitting me up when can i train when can i train when can i like as a kid i wasn't doing that like you know i also didn't have access to somebody people like this but yeah. at the same time i like the drive i'm seeing the drive like 
And you know, that's the kids today with the social media and stuff. They're easy to get a hold of. They know where they can find you. And you know what I'm saying? So, but yeah. I do like it because it's 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 you're you're a, touch, a click away, and they can ask you, get information from you, and you know, it's it's blessed, bro. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about growing up. Where is Westerville, Ohio? Where is that located at? All right, so it's like right outside of Columbus. So I grew okay. up in Columbus, Ohio, and then I ended up moving to Westerville probably like my junior year in high school. But I was in Westerville school, okay, mom, because it was it was a good school system, decent school system from the. Uh, it was still a public school, but it was different from like an inner inner city school, super inner yep. city school. You know, what I'm yeah, saying like good balance, in, but still like yeah. In yeah. Texas, but if we, you're in if you're in like the Fort Worth ISD or Dallas ISD, um, everybody shares funds. But if you're right outside, then that community kind of all the funds for school go to that community. So it's usually yeah, a pretty exactly. good thing. So yeah, yeah it, so it was a good balance it. though. It was a good balance because we lived in the area, but. We used my one of my best friends' uh, family's addresses to you to go to Westerville, so it was like okay. it was you know so we was cool. So, but then we finally moved there. You know, moving on up, we moved there out to Westerville, <laughs> my, like, like my junior year of high school or something. My mom still lives in that house to this day. But awesome. um, but but yeah, man, Westerville, good city, man. Um, you know our basketball team. We didn't send a few guys to the NBA recently in the last few years. Uh. You know, high school we always uh, football we always send guys D one. You know, we got some D one guys, so it's it's been a good feeder since you know what I'm saying the class before me left. They, I mean, uh, Lance Moore, you remember Lance Moore from the yeah, States? Yeah, remember Lance. Lance, yeah. Lance, Nick, them guys kind of those those brothers. They set the tone kind of at my high school, and I mean, yeah, Lance and Nick set the tone, and then we just took off from there, bro. It was, it was dope. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Growing up right outside, you know, uh, my brother went to a school called Alito. Uh, in Texas, which is like 15 mm -hmm. minutes from downtown Fort Worth. So it's it's right outside. And that's probably the best education you're going to get is in those suburbs right outside of the cities. Right outside and things city, like yeah. that. So, yeah. So most people don't know this, but you grew up playing soccer. Yeah, man, that was my first love. Yep. Talk more about getting into soccer. And were you playing soccer and football at the same time or was it just soccer, soccer, soccer? It was just soccer, soccer. Like, I started playing soccer at the age of four, you know, because my, my dad was like, let's get him on the football field. My mom like, wait a minute, like, you know, you know, getting injured and breaking bones and shit. So she was like, you know, let's put him in soccer. It was all right. And then I just was like, you know, all it is is kick, run, kick, run. So I was just <laughs> kicking and running, kicking and scoring all the goals. My dad was like, hold on, wait a minute. Like, let's, let's take this serious. So I, they put me in like a little – he took me to some field, some guy, kind of like what I'm doing, some guy, he was probably charging like $5, giving kids soccer <laughs> lessons. Probably, he probably didn't know what he was doing, though. Like, you know, I'm just out there kicking the ball around. But, no, nah, it worked out, man. Uh, I ended up, like, playing, like, club soccer. Like, it was – I was traveling around the country. Like, AAU, I was playing AAU basketball and club soccer. So, each season, I was traveling the country playing a, a, a sport, man. And, and I awesome. feel like soccer – Soccer got my footwork so right. I feel like on that end, just naturally, just natural footwork. Um, I got the travel. I went to Europe, man. I got when I was like thirteen, like the Scandinavia, like like Iceland, Sweden, like that area, Denmark. You know what I'm saying? What was that like uh, at thirteen years old to go over there to play soccer? Bro, it was amazing, man. I went dope. Parents was like, "Yo, you out? 
they sent me with the team and stuff. Like it, it, it was amazing, bro. Like we we got our butts whooped, but <laughs> it was <laughs> it was a good experience. Though. I got to see the talent around the world. I was like, oh, they nice out here. Like it's, so, your it's club real. team traveled all. Your club team traveled all around, or. Oh uh, no! So it was a separate like you kind of had like you got recruited and you had kind of go like a little uh, like tryout series and then like we had to fly to Baltimore and like it was a whole like like they recruit you got different guys from the country to go play it was like almost like a junior USA team but it wasn't called that but that's kind of what it was you okay know what I'm saying? and it was it was real it was real real exclusive kind of but we went up there and we saw the talent it was it was a team from Bolivia called Taiwichi. <laughs> <laughs> you still remember the name? <laughs> what? I ain't never that name. It'd be just like nine to one, bro. That, that game was crazy. But now it was, it's a great sport, man. Uh, I loved it. I feel like it'll get you ready for any any sport. Um, but no, it was a great experience for sure. So that personal trainer that you had, did you get other personal trainers uh, once you started getting to the level of, of that or did those teams – did they supply anybody for you? Like, what was the personal development like on your side of things uh, for you once you started hitting the levels of traveling to different countries? Man, honestly, no, it was just practice with my team and coaches. It wasn't no extra training outside of that. Like, playing soccer, I would go to the field myself and just kick the ball around and do cones and stuff. But I wasn't like nobody. Once I found out how the structure of how to play soccer – I, I found out, like, that kind, the guy that kind of taught me how to play, he was all right, but he wasn't, like, I see why he was charging $5 pretty much. You know what I'm yeah. saying? He's trying to get kids out the house, which I feel like. But, um, but now I just really just learned on my own and just – because my parents, like, I ain't going to lie, club soccer costs a lot of money, man. So my it parents does. are stretching. It costs bread. So, like, they, that was my personal training. Like, that was it, you know, getting yeah. me to – you know, getting me to practice. I had to ride home with people, get picked. You know how I go. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, soccer might be one was, of the most expensive sports to play, like in club level. Yeah. And hockey, I feel like all the equipment. Yeah. I feel, but like, but traveling wise, it's, it's, it's like traveling wise and like, yeah, it's, 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 it's up there. And that's why when I quit, my parents was pissed. Was like, my, my mom, my, my sister. dad was mad. Yeah. yeah was my mad. sister, she, she plays college <laughs> soccer now and she was on club teams in high school. And, so I, I know how all that goes, man. It's a, you know, soccer was my first love too. I love soccer. I still do. I still watch it on TV. Um, mm-hmm. Who's your favorite player, soccer player? Man, growing up, it was, I was a Pele guy, Ronaldo guy. Now I'm a, a Messi. I love Messi, bro. I'm left-footed. Yeah. He's left-footed. He's just nice with it. His 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 place kicks be crazy, bro. He's just a... I, Hey, Cristiano, nice too. I, I, I like his game, but if I had to pick one, I'm going with Messi. Like, yeah. Go when I was growing up, I, it was always uh, Didier Drogba, and so when he came to Ooh, Montreal, yeah. when he came to Montreal, that was pretty big for me to to be there at the same time and to see him and meet him that one time was it was That's pretty dope. cool. So you a Barcelona fan as well? Uh, somewhat. I don't really like. I try. I try follow teams. Really can't really, yeah, I don't be following teams like that. I just. Like players, the same with same with NBA and NFL, pretty much. I just like follow the players and see how they go. Yeah, you just follow LeBron, bro. You know I'm a LeBron fan. <laughs> Love LeBron. <laughs> see how to mix it up with the sports. So. 
Gobby, Yeah, I'm one of no. those. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's it's cool though, because when you when you look at all that you experience, and you said you start traveling the, to different countries at 13, 14 years old, that's a lot of experiences at such a young age to to find success. Right. You know, a lot of people, it takes a long time to find that success. And you started finding it really early in soccer. When did you make the decision that football was going to be your sport? Like you said, your parents got upset with you when you made the the final decision. But when was that and why why did you choose football over soccer? Uh, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll take it back. I don't want to say they was upset. It was just more so like, dang, bro, we done, we done invested all this time and money. More so like that. Like, and I get it. Yeah, so, yeah, again, yeah. It's not like it's not like now they was mad and didn't want to support me. They was so happy. They had that. I had they hunted support, whatever. But um, but damn, what was the question again? I was just asking, when did you make the decision to go play football? Oh yeah, and then yeah, yeah. why did you oh. choose football over soccer when you had so much success in soccer early? This is why, man. I'm gonna keep it real. I was, I told you so. I played soccer, club soccer, but mind you, I was playing basketball too the whole time. Like basketball, AAU, traveling the country with my AAU team, also. So you know, that's kind of like two different extremes as far as culture. You feel yeah. what I'm saying? And I loved soccer. Like I loved it. You know what I'm saying? But um, it was just different. That's just like. You know, I couldn't relate with a lot of people on my on my soccer team, you know, and it wasn't – it was cool. By the time I got to high school, this is when I felt like I had to make a decision. So my freshman year, I played varsity as a freshman, led the team in goals, whatever, whoop, whoop. And then – but I had no fun. It was not fun at all. Like, it was probably like one of my – I'll have probably cool. One of the guys – yeah, probably one of my best friends now, Brandon, he was on the team. That's it. Like, I had, like, Man, one just, friend on – nobody nobody's coming to the games. I'm like, bro, this is weak, bro. I'm scoring all the goals. They're not even announcing it on the uh, – <laughs> you know, in the morning. At the school. Like, yeah, like, I'm, I had a hat trick. Nobody cared. I'm like, bro, where the look? Meanwhile, I'm seeing, like, all these, like, unathletic kids on the football team with their jerseys on at school. I'm like, bro, what's going on? I'm like, man, I'm, athletic. I'm better. It was more so, like, I think I'm more athletic than all y'all. I'm about to come over here and see what's good. You know what I'm saying? That's kind of a point. I was kind of trying to prove a point. I was like, man, y'all getting all this love? Let me move out the way. Let me see if I can do this. You know what I'm saying? Like, not, like, talking to him like that in my head. I was like, man, you know what I'm saying? So, and it was like soccer was just – it stopped being fun for me at the time, and I couldn't relate to my guys on the team. I could relate to more guys on the football team and basketball team. And it was just getting, it was kind of irking me a little bit. You played field in been, soccer? I played midfield, bro. So I was midfield? running. I played le- left mid. Yeah. So yeah, I was, and I was like, I was bad at getting back on defense, but I was nice when I, I was, <laughs> I was nice with the, with the pill going, coming down, though, coming back. <laughs> That's why I feel like as I got older, I might have been a good defender instead of, you know, as you get older, you go like to defense. Yeah. But, um, but uh, but yeah, so that was like my my like then the, the quarterback of the football team, he put he was on the bat varsity basketball team with me. You know what I'm saying? He was like, Hey bro, you should come play football. Like, I'll get you right. I'm gonna throw you that pill. I was like, I was like, all right, boom. I was like, say less. Then he he was, I remember it was at lunchtime, he was trying to recruit guys to come home and play football. And I was like, all right, I'll try it, see what go what happens, you know, see what they're talking about. 
And then I played, I didn't even play receiver my first year, bro. I played corner. Um, and I was on JV, bro. I was on I was on junior varsity, not even on varsity my sophomore year. My first year playing football, playing corner. And then I played uh one of the starting receivers got hurt in the right before the playoffs. And you know how you in high school, if you're a, a DB, you play scout team offense, kind of like how I was on yeah. practice squad. Yeah, it was like that, bro. I was on practice squad, just going up top on all this on the varsity defenders. <laughs> so the guy, so our number one receiver who got hurt, he was like, bro, no, 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 put BJ in. Like, so they moved me up from JV corner to start a varsity, varsity receiver, receiver. And, then, and then that's how I took off. Like, oh, that's awesome. It was on from there. I was starting, got a just scholarship, and then it was on. How, how tall were you then, or how big were you? Because you playing soccer, you're probably pretty lean. You still yeah. are pretty lean, but how how big were you your sophomore year? Do you remember? I was six feet, probably a buck seventy. Oh, that's not bad then. That's not no, bad. No. I was five ten, one seventy when my senior in high school. Oh, my so. now my senior year, I was like yeah six six one like one one eighty. So I'm I'm guessing I had to be like yeah around one seventy. Yeah, you know what I mean. That sounds about right, yeah. right? Yep. Yeah. Now having that, yeah. now travel. You travel around, like you said. You're not having much a connection with the soccer team, basketball, football teams. You got more connections. Feel like you have more things in common. With was it just easy for you? Like when soccer, you you talk about going playing that Bolivia team. Now you're coming back playing teams in high school. Was it just too easy for you that at that point it was like, man, it's pointless because, one, I'm having success. It's really easy. Nothing challenges me at this level. And, two, nobody cares. That's exactly what it was. Now that you say that, yeah, that's exactly what it was. Nobody cares. And it was just like, yeah, I'm I'm nice. I'm good. I, I guess I didn't really see the bigger picture with it. You know what I'm saying? But – but yeah, that's exactly how I was feeling. I was like, man, nobody cares. Like, this is, I'm balling. You know, I'm playing against the same guys. Like, I don't even want to play club soccer because I want to play like, because AAU and club soccer kind of used to clash a little bit. Yeah. And I was like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping right now. I'm doing good, you know. So, and I feel like yeah, it just, it just came a time where it just, I just had to choose, and it was, it was more so what was. Not more so what I was good at, it's more so what was like good for me, like fun for me, you know. And I went trying something new, you know. Did any did any schools offer you any scholarships for soccer? Uh, even though that you quit playing, no. Nah. Did any schools like say, hey, you know, you you did really well at this? Like, you ever think about getting back in it? Did anybody offer you a basketball scholarship, or what happened there with yeah, the scholarship so front? Yeah, so soccer, I, no, I didn't. I didn't get any uh, college offers or anything because I feel like I stopped playing. I stopped playing at like 14, 14 yeah. 15, so I was done. But um, basketball, yeah, uh, I had two. Robert Morris and uh, Toledo wanted me to play both. Okay. So I, I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> you <know> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but other than that, uh, no, nah, that's, that that's it. So now your decision is football and basketball, which mm-hmm. it feels like basketball is probably your first love or soccer, mm-hmm. then basketball, then and then football. Mm-hmm. How do you decide to go to Michigan State and play football? 
man, you breaking me down right now. All right, so you ready? <laughs> All right, so I remember how I told you I, I didn't see the big picture when I was playing soccer, right? Like as far yeah. as like me being real good. As I got as I got good at football and I seen like like I was getting looks and you know how you start getting letters, not scholarships, but mad letters and you know, yeah. like everybody in the country. It kind of like stroke you a little stroke the ego just a little bit. You know, you get the lead class, go meet with coaches and stuff, <laughs> you know. So I was getting that for football. I wasn't really getting that for basketball, like every once in a while. You know what I'm saying? And then it came time, like I remember I got invited to this uh uh like a spring game or something. Was it Michigan State or Penn State? It was, I think, one of them schools. And then I had the choice to go to that or go to uh, this, like, basketball, this showcase for basketball. Because the coaches wanted me to come, you know, spring game, they want you to come meet yep. you and, you know, see where it fill you up and, you know, see what kind of how big see you See if you are. look good getting off the bus, you, you know. You might get a scholar just walking off the bus. You never know. That happened with me at Cincinnati. He's, you never know. You know what I'm saying? He's 6'3 on so, paper. You know, so, <laughs> they gotta see you six one. You know, you're six three. Exactly. Exactly. Sure you're right. Right. So I was like, man, I feel like that's when I made my decision. So I was like, and quickly in my head, I was like, damn, it's two rounds in the NBA. It's seven rounds in the NFL. I'm about to go to the spring game. <laughs> <laughs> I played the odds, man. Like I'm six two. I'm not six four. Like yeah. I was like, yeah. I played my odds. And my I ain't gonna lie, my high school basketball coach, I, I know he was disappointed, man. Like that was my guy. He gave my diploma and everything. That was my guy. Uh I know he was just he wanted me to go and just test the waters with the with yeah. the basketball stuff, but I felt like I was confident in my season. I feel like it worked out for the best, you know it what I'm saying? But but you know you're, you're a great athlete though man you know that's that's one of the biggest things that people don't understand is is how great of an athlete you are and, and there's only two guys that I can think of you know when you look at the soccer aspect you know you look at somebody or three um you look at um Chad Johnson Ocho Cinco yeah. great athlete great athlete but if you look at the feet work right he's got great hey. footwork man he can get in and out I remember on Sports Science, he ran um, a 10-yard sprint, and then he mm-hmm. ran a 10-yard curl, and they timed it. And he got in and out of his – well, from the time he got from there to the 10 yards was the same speed, and but he finished with a curl, right? So he was running just as fast as a sprint in that curl, right? And it's just like – that's crazy because, like, I I, t- I I talk a lot about tempo. You know, my style mm-hmm. is tempo, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of people can run full speed and make breaks. They they put their bodies in bad positions. So it's for them being able to uh, process that uh, run with tempo or run with pace and be able to make your breaks. But, Chad, dude, that that's just wow. incredible. But it all comes from soccer, the footwork that he had. You know, I grew up playing soccer. And another guy, Keith Stokes. Like Key Stokes is crazy ridiculous. Like, mm-hmm. like if you ever watch some of his highlights, you can watch them on YouTube. The dude just his footwork on punt return, kick return, uh, running back receiver. You know, he's one of those rare guys that was able to play. He was a returner naturally. He was smaller. He's only like five seven, five six, five seven. So he played running back. He's more like a scat back kind of guy, but. Even at that size, he could go out and play in the slot in the CFL. 
He started a game mm-hmm. at running back. He started a game at receiver. And he's able to go out there and be effective, get open, run routes. You know, most running backs run with short steps because they play in small spaces. But he's right. able to open up his stride and his feet work, man, just allows him to get anywhere he wants on the football field. And, and it, I'm saying soccer keeps it natural. It's like nat- it naturally – you don't need like a – Bro, I didn't touch a ladder until I started playing football, bro. But yeah. I knew what to – I was killing it when I, I just knew. Like, I was – it was crazy. natural already. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So, wow. Dude, that's super crazy. So, when you you make the decision, you're going to go to Michigan State. Yeah. How would you make that decision? <laughs> I mean, it was a no-brainer, bro. It was – at the time, it was it, – I mean, shit, it was the biggest school that had offered me, I felt like, you know. Okay. Um, I got invited. You know, it's crazy. I kind of like bullied them for not bullied them for a scholarship, but like kind of forced my <laughs> way in the door. Yeah. Because uh, I had like all Mac offers and like I had like West Virginia and Cincinnati and like some other schools. Mark, you know, like, you know, good schools, yep. but no like, you know, no big time, big times, you know. But um, I remember, I, w- I remember, like I said, I got off the, it was, it was, like my going into my senior year, my junior year going into my senior year, my coach took me and my quarterback to Cincinnati. And uh that's when Coach Gantonio was in Cincinnati. And okay. boom, right there, they all they saw my first year highlight, first year playing receiver, highlight tape. They was like, We want you. Coach Trail, the offensive coordinator slash receiver coach at the time, uh, offered me a scholarship. I remember to this day. Boom, we get back on the in the in the car, head back. I tell my mom, you know, she's happy, all this. Woo, woo. Bro, like a month later, I'm walking in the building. My uh spell, one of my spell teams coaches is like, uh, what are you gonna do? D'Antonio left. I was like, what are you talking about? He was mm-hmm. like, D'Antonio left and went to Michigan State. He's like, Did he text you? Did he let you know anything? I was like, I'm like, man, you know, I didn't want to say no. Nah. I was like, I don't know. Let me let me check when I get home or something. Let me see. So, man, what I do, as soon as I get home, I text. I had the Coach Treadwell's number, the, the receiver coach. Oh, Courtney, yeah. I text him. I text him like, hey, man, I heard y'all went to Michigan State. I'd love to come <laughs> if, you, if you guys would have me. Bro, he texts me back like two days later, like, yeah, we'll set up a visit to come to your high school. Woo, woo, woo. So it was wintertime. <laughs> he came to my basketball game, met up with my mom before the game, I guess, and – uh. Came to the game, bro. I dunked on somebody in the game. I had like 30 points. It was amazing, bro. That's then he crazy. was like, all right, cool. I want to tell you, come see meet the boss, man. Set you up an official visit. Bro, I went up there. You know, I saw I saw the campus. I saw everything, bro. I was I was at Michigan State. I was like, and you know, Coach D, he's kind of like territorial. Like, he's like, if okay. I offer you a scholarship, if I offer you a scholarship, I want to know something now before you leave. Like, Ain't no, I don't know. I need to wait. Either it's a verbal or you not, or it's a no. Or they gonna rescind the scholarship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You pretty know much. What I'm so like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's pretty much what I got. You gonna get this Costco <laughs> membership? <laughs> yeah. It's like, bro, you got about two minutes. Like, think about it. I was like, all right. I was like, shoot, I'm in. I'm in. What's up? Where I signed? So I was right there. Miles was with me, and we just signed it, and then I came back. With a scholarship to Michigan State, bro. Crazy. Was there any any older players that you kind of learned from at Michigan State and you know that you gravitated to when you got there? I'm 
trying to think. Older players, bro. Honestly, man, it was when I first. That's why when I first got to Michigan State. It was every man for itself, bro. We weren't getting no help. It wasn't nobody really? like our freshman class. We was just in there, like, cause mind you, it was Coach D's first year, so we kind of like his babies, pretty much. So we like his class. You're his first you know recruiting class. Yeah, yeah. so there was kind of like, like mm-hmm. it wasn't no, you know, everybody coming in learning a new offense. Everybody. Coaches don't know who none of these guys are, so the freshmen got, you know, they can come in and take your spot if you ain't ready. So they weren't trying to, they weren't nobody trying to help nobody. So that's what I seen when I was like, I ain't gonna, I'm gonna make sure it ain't like this. I get on it, like, no, 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 this shit whack. It was amen for us, which is cool, which made me better, you know, at that yeah. time, you know what I'm saying? But it was no, I was, I was cool with my, my, my best friend Mark Dale, bro. Like our birthdays was a day apart. We was like. The same dude. It was it was crazy. That was my boy. He played receiver also, but he started okay. his freshman year, and I redshirted. So like I got kind of got to see how he, how he, what how what happened with him, and then I kind of got to move in and move. You know what I'm saying? Move how I move. But as far as like older leadership, when I first got there, nah, not too much. I always talk about competition and just mm-hmm. the the ability to go out and compete. Everything that you had been through, traveling an AU circuit all the soccer that you played when it came to showing up at Michigan state, was it just another phase, like just another level? Don't overthink it. I've competed against some of the greatest athletes in the world in different sports. Like, how did you attack it? Like to go and do what you did there, how did you attack it to set yourself apart to have the success you had there? Man, I'm going to keep it real. So I told you, I really started playing receiver my junior year of high school. Right. Yeah. So by the time I got, you know, high school is college is a little more advanced than high school as far as offenses and stuff. So I knew I, mentally, I mean, physically, I knew I could go out here and compete with all the receivers. It was the mental aspect of it. It was knowing as I'm running my route, if I see a linebacker blitz on a 57 protects, 52 protection, I got I'm hot. I didn't, yeah. I couldn't get that. I couldn't get that my first year in college. That's why I got rest. I could catch the rock. I was dunking on cats. I was getting open, but it was, it was, it's more than that. That's when I learned like, Way oh, I gotta more. get right. Yeah. I gotta get right. And and I was like, okay, once I once once I, I gotta keep mastering this stuff over here, I gotta, I gotta really get in tune and here. And that's what I try to hone in to these guys now. But but that was the biggest thing for me. Like I knew I had it. Like I knew I could compete with the physically and all the uh, physically. Yeah. But it was it was them, and then that's what made the game a little faster because I didn't know what was going on as much. And then when, once you know what's going on, it slows down, and you can really know what's gonna come and know how to react before it come. Or like yep. you was bro. Like I tell people all the time, bro. When I play with you, when I got to Montreal, bro, we would like just it's just like when I got to Canada, bro. We would be in the wagon, bro. You like, bro. You about to be hot? Just take my go, go, run it, run the diagonal. You gonna get it? <laughs> Touchdown! You gonna score? Go! I go run the diagonal and go score, bro. It was crazy, bro. I tell people that all the time. Like, I had no clue what I was doing the first. Nick <laughs> out here telling me in the waggle, I was like running my route. Like I'm a hot. Like go, 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 go. <laughs> but see, I I respect that because that's how I am. That's how I was in college. That's how I am now because I didn't get that. I mean, yeah. it was like shoot, people telling me wrong plays, or I don't know, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it was, it was cool in the beginning, just just to know 
you know, to get that, because you know it ain't everything ain't, you know, sweet, which is we know that. But to know to see how you would want some shit done, like I wouldn't as a leader on the team or an OG older guy on the team, I wouldn't want that. And that was I'm taking page out pages out your book, bro. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, you know, it's important to because I always felt like no matter where we were, like even in training camp, I had some vets like, why you help the young guys so much? I'm like, well, you know, I want them to have a good career. Like, regardless, I don't think they can beat me, right? I think I can hold my job. That's what we're here for, to compete every right. day. Compete, so, right. I mean, I don't want to win a job because somebody don't know what to do or right. what they're doing. Straight up. Nah, I you, want your if best. If you don't take my job, right? take it from you. Like, why would yeah. you do your best? I don't want you to be out here fucking up. Like, not and knowing you your can shit. Go, but you can go to a different team and ball and be like, man, I appreciate what you did for me in training camp or whatever the case is, right? So exactly. for for me, like, you know, we I remember Eric Rogers on our PR the whole year. You know, Kamar Jordan was on our PR for two or three years before he got on the field, right, in Calgary. So having great young talent like that and being able to see these guys and to work with these guys on a daily basis is always about that process. I would never think in the back of my head that this dude can take my job. Right. Because I'm I'm here to compete. Right. That's why we're here. That's why you you're playing, bro. And yeah, no, that's that's cool, man. That's super dope. But like when you went into Michigan State, you go through all that. Is there is there anything in you that says, hey, I, I want to be in the top five? I want to be the top one. I want to be the best receiver to come through here. Or is it just going out having fun and what happens happens? Yeah, bro. I was just honestly, bro. I was going out there having a good a good time. Like it was like coaches wouldn't tell me. It would be like media people telling me I would hit a, uh, you know, hit some hit like a, a catch, you know, thing. But oh, you're you're this far away. I'm like, oh, I did. I had no clue until going into my senior year. I was close. Like I was like, oh, I could. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like no clue. But uh, but yeah, man, I was just out there having fun, and I was. It was just fun because I. I had room to grow. I was learning. Like, every day I was learning. I was learning. I was learning. I was learning stuff about the game. I was like, oh, okay, if I do this, I can do this. And, and it was fun because, you know, like you say in college, like, my mom told me, like, before I got to school, she was like, the people you meet in college, most of the time going to be, like, your homies for the Life rest of your friends. life. Because yeah. you go through it, bro. Like, you broke. To, you try to figure out how you're going to eat. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? You buying uh eight dollar bottles of gallons of liquor to take out to the parties <laughs> like who drinks who does that but but it's like memories y'all and then like me and my boy I told you my roommate Mark we had the key uh we had the key to the to the indoor facility we would go in that day after the club at two in the morning go in there and catch the rock on the judge go catch two three hundred balls go back to the crib wake up go back in there catch two three hundred balls run some routes go back to the crib so it was more so like we was it was iron sharper iron bro and we was just getting each other right. And that's what it, we would be at the crib. We was roommates. We'd be throwing the football one hand catches with your offhand only. Just that type of stuff. Just throwing yeah. the ball around the house, breaking shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? But really getting ourselves better being a little kid. You know what I'm saying? So honestly, I just feel like learning and having fun with the game and and then and, and everything after that just came. That's what I'm saying, bro. When I got to the league, I didn't do, I didn't feel that. I wasn't feeling like that. And I feel like that's why the stuff didn't come. Most stuff comes when you're not chasing it, bro. I yeah. learned that in life, bro. Like college, I wasn't chasing none of that. I wasn't chasing the the uh the the receiving record. I wasn't chasing trying to get the most catches in a game. Like 
But when I got to the league, it was it was like, all right, bet I'm here. Let's prove myself. And it was like, wait, why am I not playing? Why am I not playing? I'm out here balling in practice. Why am I not playing? Who? Why are they bringing people in? That but I'm right game. here. Like I was like, and I was going. I was stressed. I was tense, and I it was on me. And I, I it was probably coming off to my coaches and stuff. And that's probably how I'm coming off to people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it was like, and that's in Miami. Like, this was in Philly. In Philly, yeah, what shoot, happened in Miami? Miami too. Miami was just like, bro. We had hard knocks there. It was uh, what's his name was actually the OC, and he and actually he apologized to me when he was the head coach here. Uh, Sherman, Sherman was the OC, oh. and he wasn't rocking with me, I guess. And they was like, we'll put they was gonna put me on practice squad, and then uh, Howie Roseman called my agent and was like, she will take him active, mm. and then practice squad, you know, just to have me on the team. You know how I go, but um. But yeah, man, like I was with Sherm and I was doing my thing, but you know, they had they had a, we had another guy, a guy go running around the same time as me, got dressed around the same time as me. And I guess they they put him up and you know, I felt some type of way. You know how I go. I had never been cut yeah. in my life, so you know. But you got a six-figure signing bonus. Most people don't get yeah. six-figure signing bonuses yeah. in the sixth round. Like that's a now they do. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm, I don't even know now if they do. Really? Yeah. Like I'm thinking, uh, you know, three, three through four, or three through five is probably your your rounds where you're gonna get the most. Sixth and seventh round guys, you know, you're looking at five to fifty thousand dollars probably. Maybe yeah. some guys that that might have been elevated or thought that uh, maybe this is a steal in the sixth round. We could have got him in the fifth or the fourth, but he lasted to the sixth, right. you know? So the the thing is, when you see things like that, it's like, man, that's a great contract you had. And yeah, then yeah. to to get released, what went through your mind? You, you said you first time you've ever been cut from anything. Bro, and, it, was, bro it was honestly, man, like, like you said, like I said, never been covering anything in my life. Honestly, it was probably like one of the most depressive moments. Wow. Like, you know, like I tell people all the time, like our job is different because like, yeah, you get you might have to lose your job or something, and yeah, you gotta find yeah. a job, you're bad, depressed. But we lose our job, it's on Twitter, everybody finds out about it. Hard knocks from home, <laughs> hard knocks, bro. I'll get there. <laughs> Hard knocks, bro. It was, it was, bro. I tried to turn my phone off. My Twitter was going crazy. I had people texting me, tweeting me, oh, I'm sorry. Or talking stuff, talking shit. Like, it was, it was wild, man. Like, and you don't, you can't just put a resume in to go get another job either. So it's like you got to sit and wait. wait. How long was the wait? How long was the wait before you went to Philly? Bro, like a day. Well, that's good. How he called me, how he called me. Cause I ain't gonna lie, cause my agent was hot too. He was like, what? And then he, I guess you know how it go. And then, cause mind you, they took this guy. Philly had like was two picks after Miami, and they picked another Big Ten guy, Marvin McNutt from Iowa. Yeah. And uh, like two picks after me, and then how he called me like, "Yo, bro, like we really were trying to get you, but Miami grabbed you. Like, what's good?" I was like, "Say less." On the way, got there, and then same type of shit happened for real. But I, in my head, I, was, I wasn't I was thinking, like, let me just stay here, grind it out, go on practice while I move my way up. I, I, was, I was, like I said, I was chasing, trying I to get to on the, the field. And I need yeah. to be, I need to be, 
Because mind you, everybody, I'm the man in college. You, I, was, I was thinking, like, I need to play. I need to play. I need to be on the field. I'm going to a team with D-Jack, Riley Cooper, Jeremy Macklin, Jason Avant. They stacked the receiver, bro. I was tripping. I was tripping. <laughs> the just mindset. On some, just on some ego shit trying to, like, man, they, y'all don't want me? Bet. I'm out. Cool. Say less. I don't want y'all leaving. What was your projection when you were going in the draft? Were you projected to be a – you know, uh, six or seven round pick, or yeah, I was projected. I was like, yeah, like, like fifth, yeah, six, fourth. I was like fourth, fifth. Well, I thought projected. When my agent was talking about, but you know, I go six was. I was getting paid. I turned it off actually. Turned the draft off. Really? <laughs> Playing video games and shit. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> sister upstairs getting ready for prom and shit. I was like, but the crazy. it's a it's a hard transition to pro sports, especially with. You think about it, everybody had success in college in order to get to the pros, yeah. right? And just the mentality that you attacked that at, right? I, I think I was kind of fortunate in, in the way mine happened. Um, you know, no expectation at all. So to go out mm-hmm. there and do something, I'm going to exceed the expectation. You know, you had put an expectation on yourself. You know, your mm-hmm. friends and family put expectations on you. And you know, your your ability to compete, like to show up and say, you know what, put anybody out here, I'll compete with them. That's that's a rare thing. But I mean, you had done it for so long at such a bigger stage than playing a high school, uh, another team in high school. Like you're playing for national championships in high school. You're playing for the worlds in, in soccer, right? So it's like yeah. your, your compete level is on a, such a different frame that you get to the NFL Three years with Philly, PR, off the PR, PR, off the PR. How was that process to go three years and just, um, you know, to to struggle mentally? How did you – did you ever find it? Or how was this that whole three years in Philly? Bro, I'm going to keep it real. The team was great. Um, teammates were great. Locker room was great. Um, Andy Reid, I had him his last year in Philly, great dude. Then we had Chip Kelly after that. And what happened was he kind of started bringing his guys in. And it was guys that had never, like guys that went to Oregon that were PR guys on other teams, putting them ahead of me. And it was just messing with my head. And I was just like, bro, how are these, how are these guys ahead of me? Like, so I'm going out extra hard in practice, balling, not talking to nobody. Like, you know, like, in my, like, go some gully shit for real, like, not trying to, you know what I'm saying? And and, and then it didn't click into my head until my I was I, I got released from Philly and I bounced and I was waiting. I was on the couch for probably, like, I had a bar balled out in the preseason game. Balled out. Had a touchdown. I sprung the running back free on a pancake block for on a screen for a touchdown. Like, I was doing my thing. Bro, got cut the next day. Bro, Chicago called me two days later, workout. A few months later, they picked me up, brought me in. And I saw uh, Brandon Marshall there, which who's my dog. That's my boy. And, you know, he was cool. I was there with him and Alshon. Like, it was it was a good a good, good record, receiver core. Mike Bro was there. It was our receiver coach. And uh, people talk about B. Marshall, but he was a good dude, man. And he was always trying to, like, he helped. I'm, I was. He didn't even know me. I got there like October. They was like, 
like two and eight or something like that. Something, something. They, we had a terrible year. It was, it was actually trust me. It was my coach. It was crazy. Oh, wow. Yeah, trust me. It was my head coach. And uh, man, uh, we used to have talks all the time. And um, so yeah, B Marshall's there, but he actually like was tell you know, he was he was he was a little wild, but he was he was positive wild. Like one, yeah, get better. Tina do better wild. Not like I need we need nah. Like it was it was you know what I'm saying it was good. But he was teaching us like you know little stuff to add to our game or how to help on a play. It was little stuff that just vets the vets do, which helped. But um, but I ain't gonna lie, my second chance was the CFL, bro. And I approached that way different than I did the NFL. I got a call from Nick Moore right before I got here. He was like, "Hey, bro, don't come in here thinking this shit's sweet. Like you about to just come out here because you played in the NFL, thinking you about to just come start and be the man." I was like, "All right, bet." Like. I, like and I like that was God telling me, bro. Don't go in, come in here on some humble shit. Be humble and yep. have humility, and don't go in here crazy because you may not say it, but it's gonna be seen and people know. And it's people look, he's can sniff it out up here. I peeped it. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So, and if it wasn't for Nick, I'm not saying I'd have came up here cocky and stuff, but I'm just saying I probably have been more reserved than I was. Like, you know what I mean? And you know, not talking to people as much and all that. But, but yeah, we had a good group, me, like, bro. Bro, our group was a man. I, I saw I'm saying I was blessed to come into that group, man, with a bunch Sammy of Sammy G. Bro, Sammy, you, SJ, Fred. Who else was it? Alex. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we had a, Dude, we had a we, nice little group, bro. Yeah, we had a really good group of of, of vets, right? Yeah. Uh, Sam had played, what, five, six years for the Colts and then a couple years in Hamilton before coming there. Me and him were new there and Fred was new there. And you know we had the backfield with Suddy and Rudd and and Low and everybody. So I felt like we had a really good close knit group offensively and defensively. You know, yeah. In, in Montreal, it's a, it was a great stable situation for players. I mean, front office and everything was kind of messed up a little bit, but as far as the the locker room goes, there was yeah, enough mix of of really good. You know. Um, Cody was there. Cody Hoffman mm, Cody, was a young guy yeah, as well. Cody, yeah. Right. So we we had a good mix of young receivers and and vets. And I, I always remember, man, you came in and you did your thing, man. You was out there running around in practice. But I think the the biggest thing to me was you always came and sit by me in meetings. It was always like, man, I'm sitting right by yeah. you. Hell yeah. And you know, and I was like, well, let's get it. Bro, I ain't gonna lie, because I was, I, like I said, like I did my homework, and then I would see you, I would see how you was like talking. I was like, bro, this makes sense. I need to, I need to pick his brain. I need to see what he on. And and not, no disrespect to any other other guys. It was just that you were more like, how can I say, like assertive with it, as far as like letting people know like, yo, we gotta we gotta do this, or what if we, you know, we can also also do it like this, or like, bro, you need to fix your you would like give me a little hints at practice. I'm like, okay, yeah, I need to I need to be with this dude. Like, you know what I'm saying? So like I'm a I'm a sponge with every with a lot of stuff. I see I see a cooker recipe, boom, remember it, try to add my little twist to it. And that's how I am yeah. with inform, important information that I feel is is you know good for me that I need to know. I'm gonna keep it and 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 use it, you know what I'm saying? And that's what I was doing with you, bro. Like you was talking that you was talking that talk. I was listening, bro. And 
you be in meetings, like, telling me, whoop, 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 whoop. I was like, bet. Like, and then look what happened on the field, bro. Yeah. Right. And then, you know, you know I, I told you, I said, man, you remind me of Kenyon so much, you know, from the way you right. can run, the way you can get in and out of breaks and, and do those things. And, and for me, I watched Kenyon when he first came from the NFL and, you know, a, a little inconsistent. He'd make great catch, great catch, <laughs> drop an easy one. And, but like you couldn't stop Kenyon, man. He was his he runs so well. But he was in and out of his breaks really good as well. And he could run any route in the playbook. And I was like, man, this dude. I was like, because, you know, I, I seen Kenyon as one, you know, he was like eight years older than me. And it, like, that's one of those guys that's like, man, you just don't see that every day. I've always thought bro. Kenyon was the best receiver I've, I've seen live. Bro, listen, I right. told you, I'm from Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. Go to state. Ohio State. What number yeah. did he wear? Four. Four. What number did I wear in high school? Four. I wasn't San Antonio Holmes. He can't. I wore four because of oh. KY, man. Bro. And I had no clue he wore 85 in the league, bro, in the CFL. Yeah. K.R. Rambo, like, I was to watch him, bro. Like, told you my dad used to work with the Young Scholars program at Ohio State. So, like, he knew all the athletes and stuff. Like, he would take the underprivileged, like, kids from the city take him to Ohio State, give him a little, like, you know, he would get him right. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, and like, when he was working there, of course, you know, he got cool with, like, the Mike Wileys, the, the you know what I'm saying, them them dudes, you know what I'm saying? Because my he, my dad was also on the frat, so, you know, those frat guys yep. that play football. So, yep. so uh, but, yeah, bro, like, when you told me about King, I remember I got to the league, I was like, bro, this is my favorite receiver when I used to watch Ohio State, bro, when he had Steve Belisari and shit. Like, yeah, <laughs> people don't remember them days, bro. I'm telling you, bro. Like I feel it, bro. Like that's that's like. And then he played with you in Calgary, and I'm out here picking your yeah, brain. Like six you years. See how my man. brain was working, bro. Like you know what I'm saying. I'm like, I'm like, damn. I went the all-time leading receiver who played with one of my favorite receivers growing up. Like, yeah. I was like, bro, how can I? How can I, you know what I'm saying? I got I can't mess this up. I got a ball, you know what I mean? And then shit, you took me under your wing, bro. And then shit, it was on. You got me right. Yeah, I, I I was fortunate when I came in because I had Wayne McGarity, uh Salacio Sanford, and Albert Connell um mm-hmm. in my corner that, you know, I remember, you know, coming straight and not going to NFL, coming straight to Canada. And you know, I started the first preseason game because every time they said the stars get in the huddle, I went in the huddle till somebody kicked me out. And then finally right, they said, stay right. in. Right. And um, I remember one day at practice, Wayne was like, man, right. I think you're the best receiver I've seen come straight out of college in a long time. And AC looked and says, I agree with that. And for me, that gave me so much confidence. What? That's because, what? you know what I'm saying? Because they both played in the NFL. AC had a thousand yards in the NFL with the Redskins and, it was just like, you know, I grew up watching like, Wayne play at Texas and AC played A&M. So it's like, you know, I, I felt it. So to get that and then for the next year, Cope and Rambo and Marte Jenkins come in and they they helped me along the way being 22, 23 years old. Now oh, you yeah. got these vets, Cope coming off of 1,800-yard season a couple years before that. So now he's like, bro, one of the reasons I came here is because of you. Right. Mm. And then it's like, well, let's go. And 
they poured into me so much. I learned so much from Coke. And I felt like it was an obligation for me to do the same thing yeah. with all these guys, man. And even when SJ went down, you know, I knew I was kind of pissed off because SJ goes down. I'm like, well, I'm about to move to SJ spot. Yeah. And then they moved you to SJ spot. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's cool. You know what I'm saying? And those were the different things because I knew SJ got but see, but, see, but yeah, and you knew, but you <laughs> knew that. And you knew what I was stepping into, but you was like, come on. You was like helping yeah. me, like, you know what I'm saying? Cause I didn't, I ain't I wasn't my position that year, but year before that, I was playing on the ball. Like, you know, it was a whole yeah, it was different for me at the time. So you was like, all right, bro, if you're going to do this, let's do this. I remember Jock pulled me in his office, too. After a game. It was like, what, after after I started doing good, it was like a home game. And he pulled me in his office the next morning like, all right, man. God, you better, tie, you better t- tighten up. It's time to tighten up. I was like, he was like, he was like, SJ went down. He was like, all right. Told him, we, BJ, is BJ, can BJ do it? I was like. See, for me, I, I knew the importance of that position to win. Yeah. And, like, even when I went in and talked to Jock, once I seen – after I seen the, the depth chart, I said uh, – and Jock looked at me. Honestly, he goes, you're not Geronimo anymore. So, when I first came to the league, I had an alter ego named Geronimo Jones. <laughs> yeah, and so, everybody used to call me Geronimo. And then – so, he Jock looked at me and goes – he goes, he goes, well, you're not Geronimo anymore. Him and AC were sitting there. And I said, well, I don't have to be Geronimo. I'm still a cold motherfucker. Like, right. just, I looked at him just still, like that and said just the same thing. And he looked and he looked and he goes, no, you can still go. I said, I said, exactly. Um, but I walked out and I said, you know, I said, here's my biggest thing. Don't tell me what I can't do. Either right. prove me wrong or whatever. But even after that, we rotated a lot too. We would do a lot of switch yeah. motions and I'd go around. over was there. Yeah. doing stuff and. <laughs> Like you said, in that one play where I'm motioning over to your side and I'm tired, like then on the red zone, I said, BJ, take this whole shot. I said, BJ, take this whole shot. You're going to score. <laughs> you were like, you were like, what? I said, take the whole shot. Take the whole shot. I was like, man, I don't know if I'm going to get there. Bro, you had got the rack like four times in a row or something, bro. It was crazy. We was moving the ball. Bro, I remember that, bro. And oh, I was like, man, I'm God. not going to make it. I'm not going to make it to the whole shot. So I'm like, BJ, take the whole shot. BJ, take the whole shot. <laughs> you took the whole shot. I circled around, went back underneath, touchdown. Touchdown. I'm like, good job, bro. <laughs> That's fucking comedy, bro. My dog, man. That's hilarious. I remember but that. But see, too. it's about winning, though. Like, we show it's up to win winning, games, and, and, we, and that's our goal is to win. And, you know, you don't make that decision. And I want you to be successful. And I want all the receivers there to be successful. Um, so it was just, you know, I was I was honored that you wanted to sit by me and do those things, just like SJ in training camp. Um, mm-hmm. When I'm helping, you wasn't there that time, but I'm helping uh, Jerry Rice Jr. and a lot of those guys out. And, you know, he just comes, SJ's like, hey, bro, what about me? Don't forget right. to tell me what I'm doing wrong. I'm like, right. Right, we want to help too. I'm not about to. I'm not about to sit here and tell you what you're doing wrong or help you out. But if you want it, then let's go. Like because you know I'm new there. I'm not gonna come in and just be like, "Hey, you need to," right? But at that moment, I seen how open he was to wanting to learn, and I think that's the best part about being an athlete. 
like you said earlier, always been open to learn, always been able to grow, always been able to push yourself to be the best you can be. Because at the end of the day, that's all you want to do is be like, man, what does that greatness feel like? What does it feel like to, to get to that level? Mm-hmm. Right. No, and I feel like amazing. you're right there too. You broke your wrist last I, year or 2018, 2019. 2019, yeah. 2019, you broke your wrist. You're having a good year. What's next, man? What's what's next for BJ? You know, you didn't get to play last year because of the the canceled season. It's been a long time since you've been on the field. Yeah, how you man. feeling about how you feeling about this year? I'm feeling good, bro. Um, I mean, I just like I said, every situation, you know, I try to be optimistic. What can I get out of it? I just gave it as you know, more time for. Maybe if something wasn't, but shit, more time for this to my wrist to heal, get better, stronger, strengthen it up. Um, but like I said, I've been working out, I've been hitting the field. Um, I'm not worried about. I've been getting hit since I got to this league. I've been getting, smacked. <laughs> you know, got my rib, ribs ribs touched a couple times. Yeah, Kai Bruno was <laughs> opened me up a little bit, my ribs a little bit. But but nah, other than that, bro, like my, I feel like if anything, I've gotten more explosive. Um, um, my, you know, I'm still running routes. I'm making sure my feet are tight. Like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm ready, but I'm staying ready. That's one thing I'm not worried about. Um, is the the physical aspect. Like, but like I said, it's, 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 you know, this COVID stuff. You know, not being able to see the family a lot. You gotta stay in touch with them, all that stuff. Um, I went home like the around around the same time you did for the holidays to see my family. Um, but yeah, other than that. Just been you know, trying to stay in touch with them. I got the uh, my family business at the crib. You know, we running that. Uh, but other than that, man, just staying afloat, man. And and when this when when it does come time for camp and preseason, I'm I'm hitting the ground running, bro. I'm gonna be ready. You see Vernon come in and um, in 2015, and you know the mentality that he had, and now you see Vernon the last three years. Dude, that's got to be exciting to see wow. who he's grown into, to go to work with him every day and to understand that he's going to give you a great chance to win every game you're in. How you feel about that, knowing that you got a got a quarterback that can get it done and be able to go out there and just have fun again? Bro, it's it's amazing, bro. It's, it's it gives me it gives like, I know I, what I can do. I know what I can – but the fact that we have a quarterback who's confident in himself, confident in the offense, confident in the coaches, knows what he needs to do. Like, like I can't even count on both your hands or both my hands how many balls I caught from a quarterback in the game in Montreal. Like, you know what I'm saying? So – and I remember when Vern got here in 2015, but he's grown so much. He's matured so much. Like – and I, but I never, I never got to like ball with him while he was the starter, while he was the guy. And that's what I want to do. I seen what he's done. I played with him before, but it was always like, you know, he's fighting for his spot. Uh, yeah. he, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, you know, something like that, which is fine. I'm still getting good, like balling Vern, but now I got comfortable Vern who balling and want to, you know what I'm saying? It's, di- yep. it's different when you, when you start. Definitely and different. You, you can, you know, you got some, some leg room, wiggle room. So, so once I never got the ball with Vern, I'm, that's why I'm so excited about this season because I want to play with my dog and the receiver core we have. We just signed Quan back. 
Yep. Um, I saw that, bro. We about, we about to, I feel like, you know what I'm saying? We, you know, people chilling on us and I'm cool with that. Keep us where we at and then we're going to take off, bro. I'm excited. It's going to be You fun. have one of my favorite guys over there, Kahari Jones. You know, Kahari was my quarterback the last five games of my rookie year. For real? We didn't have a playbook. Dunnigan basically told Kahari, and all of our plays are off a number system. You can ask Kahari about it. He'd come in and be like, okay, you run a four, you run a five, you run uh, run a corner right here, and y'all run hitches. That was basically every play in the huddle was Kahari just basically creating this kind of Drawing a playbook, plays in the dirt. whatever he thinks going to work. Straight Madden, no huddle, almost hot routes and different things, right? So that was <laughs> kind of how we we did things that, the last five games. And, you know, I tell people that and be like, yeah, I still went over a thousand that year with seven different quarterbacks. And but Kahari came in, but it just has this calming effect, right? Dude just got a calming effect. He's got he's got some he's got some charisma. I, I used to call him Reverend Jones because he talks like yeah. a, he talks like a preacher. You know what I'm saying? He gets in that rhythm yeah, like man. a preacher. Yeah, you know, man, and uh, yeah. like even two years ago, I said I heard him cuss, and I said, "Oh, Carl, when you start cussing <laughs> after yeah. the game, y'all won and everything." But it looks like y'all having fun. You know, in my time in Montreal, um, we used to always say undefeated in the locker room, but it wasn't a lot of fun outside of it. Right? Looks like y'all are having fun. Looks like you got definitely the right pieces in place. Uh, to be successful. How you feel about Kahari, Robert Gordon, and just everything coming together now? Because you've seen the dark days and now to be able to be in position to make another run at winning the East. Oh man, it's it's amazing to see how how far it's come and to see like Kahari be there before when it was bad and then finally probably I, Kahar, I know, is a smart man. He would probably be like, okay, I probably wouldn't do this, probably wouldn't do this, probably wouldn't do that. As soon as he took over, boom, 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 boom. We're doing this now, we're doing that now. Like, it was like, it was more relaxed. And yeah. the type of, he knew the type of team he had, he could have a relaxed work environment and still have guys show up and, and come to work, come to practice every day. And that's what, that's what he instilled in the, in the locker room, man. And like I said, he would let us, he would, he would, you know what I'm saying? Every he would let us do our thing in the locker room, you know, clown around, play basketball, you know, do our thing. But when it came time for business, came time for film, came time for practice, all that, it was it was let's go. Like, yeah. but at the same time, it's it's not like <clears throat> I don't know, man. It's just a real he's just a real good dude and he knows he knows what he's doing. And he he doesn't show like he's he's stressing out, he doesn't give off like he's tense. He'll just be like, all right, man, like, you know what I'm saying? He's going to come to you. Like, you know, this, I know you messed up. Like, come on, let's go. Let's get it. Happens. Come on, next play. Let's get it. Like, we grown yep. men. Like, it's no need to be like, what are you doing? And the MFN, all that. Like, it's save your energy. You already know you messed up. Save, like, we know we messed up. We feel, yep. we already feel bad. Like, you know, that's not going to help. So, you know, boom, boom. All right, bet. Okay, bet. Next play, boom, let's go. All right, you know what to do. You know what I'm saying? And it won't happen that's again. Awesome. You know, yeah. he don't dwell on stuff. Like, that's what I'm saying. Coaches that dwell, you can't – that's that's just bad. And, it, like, he doesn't dwell on anything. It's next play. Keep it moving. Let's go. And that's our respect about Coach Gordon. That's oh, gee. Buddy. He's 51 now. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> let him tell it. Let him tell it. He played till he was forty-eight. No. <laughs> now that's my dog. Though he's good people, man. Um, you know, last year was his first year. He was more so just. We also had uh, Marquay. Marquay. He was a lot of help last year with Coach Gordon too. You know, had Coach Gordon had been out of it for a while, and you know, Marquay was still fresh. That's another so guy good. that I that I had with me for about four or five years in Calgary that I poured into a lot and. You know, I can tell. I can tell. Yeah. yeah, me and him had some. We we used to ride. He's good, good people, man. He's good people. Yep. I remember we used to play Calgary. He used to go crazy on us. <laughs> me, it was me and you was in Montreal <laughs> together. I'd be like, this sixteen cat going crazy. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, man. So, it's, how many it's more years good... to play? Man, you're thirty one now. Three. If you got to choose it. Three? Three, Three more, more years? Years. Then what's next after that? Man, so I kind of want to like – I told you I have my, my business back in the crew. We have a consulting construction business. Um, I mean, that's boring stuff. But as, other than that, man, I want to be able to like – so I told you I'm training kids out here. Yep. And uh, all of my – like all of my guys are college coaches in the States. Like all of my friends I grew, like played with, guys are – play without here like you know taekwondo you know guys like that yep. um so i'm trying to figure out a way how i can like help these kids help some kids here or, or back in my hometown and like like set up like you know like camps and combines where these coaches can come check them out and like because not everybody can get to the nike camp or get to the you know what i'm saying like you know get some compliance rules together i'll figure all that out logistics and all that but essentially i want to be like a you know, like a liaison for like these kids who don't really get an opportunity to get exposure to these coaches that I know are right here. Like, and they know some coaches and we just can come out to come out to Montreal for a week and see some weekend and see some kids and, you know, go get some dinner in the evening. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you know, like, but so that's why I'm I'm trying to figure that out right now. And, and, you know, I feel like that would be something I would want to do. Like, it'd be like, you know, I can put like time and energy into it. So it would be fun. Still get to work with kids too, but also want to like help grow in places where they can't get out of yeah. exposure. That's good, man. Well, I appreciate yeah. you stopping by, man. Telling hey, your man, story. Hey, man, I appreciate you having me, man. You the man, bro. You my dog. Telling the story, Tell man. Because <laughs> you know, a lot of people don't understand what's behind everything that people go through, and why you know so many so many guys that come up from the NFL to the CFL. And some have success, some don't. But at the end of the day, most of them say it comes back to maturity and their headspace when they got to the NFL, right? And being able to come to the CFL allows them that chance to to play free again. And then some of them choose to go back, some of them choose to stay. And that's perfectly fine because that's how it works. But I just want to appreciate you for stopping by, man, the Lulu Logic podcast. Man, it's been a blast. My man, no, I appreciate you, bro. Appreciate you having me. Indeed, and we out. My dog.